don't be afraid to bring people on because you're thinking of the cost. Think of the ROI it's going to have, even when it comes to the roles in your organization aren't directly tied to revenue. Cause so obviously developments, you can directly tie it to revenue, but you have to think about what is, what impact is this position making? Hi everyone, Tristan McIver here, Program Advisor with AMC NPO Solutions. Today on this strategic nonprofit, we will be exploring how to attract, interview, and hire the best staff for your organization. I've invited Jamie Van Kayak on the podcast today. As the owner and lead strategist of Growing Your Team, Jamie is an expert in hiring and onboarding teams within small business. Drawing from over 10 years of leadership experience, Jamie teaches her clients how to hire their first team members, including employees and long-term contractors. By learning the dynamics of each company and their specific needs, she helps them find the perfect fit, long-lasting team members, which avoids the hiring and firing cycle. Welcome to the Strategic Nonprofit Podcast, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. Jamie, can you tell us a bit more about your role at Grow Your Team and uh, what you've done for the not-for-profit community? Yes. So I started growing your team about four years ago, and we really focus on helping small businesses, including nonprofits, having hiring success. Mm -hmm. So I identified through a lot of networking when I was figuring out, okay, I want to start my own business. What does this business look like that a lot of small businesses never hired before having to do it within their own business? Or if they did hire before corporate, they they realize now that they're on their own, that they're really on their own. They don't have an HR staff or senior leadership or other people to guide them along the way. And they had questions, they were struggling, they were hiring the wrong people, they were quickly firing. And with, with teams being one of the reasons small businesses fail and nonprofits fail, it's like, okay, this is, this is too important to ignore. We got to get help for people. So within my role, I am the lead strategist. I work hand in hand with our clients on helping them really identify who it is they need to hire. And not so much while we do include what tasks and responsibilities does this position have, but more so on that, who is the idea candidate? Who is the person that is going to fit well within your organization because they are they're going to match the culture. They're going to meet your expectations. They are going to make you happy giving you giving them a paycheck, but they might not fit in another organization, even though they might do the exact same roles there. So it's really figuring out who is that idea candidate for you. We do that through helping write job postings and interview guides. I do one-on-one -on -one consulting where I'm really teaching people how to navigate the hiring process. And then also other team members on my staff help with full service recruiting where we are helping people from beginning to end find that right person for their team where we take over a lot of that work that takes time that nonprofit leaders and small business owners don't have. When a organization, say a founder, a founder of an organization is wanting to move into uh, a role where they're not on the, they're not running the, the organization, they're not on the board. How do they, you know, look to find that right CEO or executive director to um, manage uh, that organization and staff team? Yes. Great question. So I think one of the first things you really need to think about is why are you stepping out of the role that you're in today? And 
for some of people, it might just be you don't have the time anymore. You want to focus on something else. So you're removing yourself from the organization. You're still going to be involved on a certain level, but it's no longer your, your passion no longer gets the organization what it needs. And you're recognizing that you need to step back completely and let someone else lead the organization that you got it up off the ground. And now it's time to hand over the reins. Some other times you're stepping back because you realize that while you would love to be in that role, you're not the right person to be in that role. You're missing certain skill sets. So once you really start figuring out why you're stepping back from that role, it will allow you to really figure out who it is that needs to, needs to take over that position, who it is that needs to fill your shoes. If it's because you're lacking a certain skill set, let's look to see, find people that have that skill set. What is it that you didn't have that made you struggle in the role? And knowing that now that is really important. So you can find someone who has already succeeded doing those, those tasks, leading a similar organization, has transferable skills that will be successful. So you really need to figure out what is needed. So that way you can focus on finding that right person. Because there's a lot of people out there that want to lead nonprofit organizations. There's a lot of people who are going to have connection to the, your mission, but that doesn't mean they're right to lead your organization. So when you figure out why you're vacating the position and what that next leader needs to look like, maybe it is a copy of you having those same strengths, but you're just ready to move on to something else. Or maybe it's because you're lacking something. It allows you to focus on finding the right person instead of just filling the position with someone who isn't going to be what the organization needs, because then you're putting the organization at risk. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, I think it's probably hard for those founders to, to recognize that, wow, um, maybe I am not the right person for this role at this point in time. Maybe I'm better on the board, or maybe I'm better as a figurehead. Sometimes it's really hard to delegate. Yes. <laughs> and what what suggestions would you have on basically how to delegate and sort of let go? Yes. The first thing I want to talk about there is nonprofits are very similar in the way that you got, you tend to run lean when it comes to staff, which means a lot of times it's all hands-on people just doing what needs to get done. And as the founder, as the leader of the organization, you're probably taking on a lot of that responsibility yourself but I need you to remember that you only have so much capacity. And if you try to do everything yourself, there's always something that's going to be sacrificed so you can focus on something else. And those things that you're sacrificing still need to get done. So you have to remember with delegation, it's not that you shouldn't be doing anything or you're not capable of doing those specific tasks. It's that maybe you don't have the time and you're not the best person now to focusing on it. So you need to delegate because it's right for your organization. I feel like a lot of people, especially women in the workforce and everything, feel this, this need to be able to do everything and not always ask for help. But I want to sometimes like flip the script on it because sometimes people are like, okay, I can't do it all and see it as a negative. And I want you to look at your organization and realize that it's a positive, that you've grown your organization to the point where you no longer can do it all because there's too much to get done. And that is a good thing, that you are serving a lot of people, that you have a lot of people supporting you. You're increasing that revenue flow, which means you're able to do more. 
And as your organization is able to do more, you need more hands to help serve the people you're trying to serve. So just think about that is delegation is a positive thing when it needs to get done in your organization. You're doing what is best for your organization because you are at your capacity. The other thing I want you to remember about delegation is you don't have to hand over the keys to everything on day one. You don't have to be like, all right, I'm stepping out of this completely. Here you go. It's about working up to where you feel comfortable. And it's about making sure you train the person properly that's going to be taking over the tasks. Once again, you don't have to be like, this is yours. Goodbye. I'm done with it. And never look at it again. With delegation, you figure out really what needs to get delegated. You find the right person to do those tasks, either someone currently within your organization or through that new hire. And then you start this process that I like, I like to put it, uh, have it being kind of like a stair-step approach for training. So you're going to show them what to do. Then there's, depending on the tasks, this might, you might skip certain steps, but then there's a period of time where they're doing it and you're doing it and you're comparing it, comparing what you completed. So that way, okay, well, you did this, I did this, here's why it's not the same, and here's why it matters that it's not the same. So you kind of get deeper in the, with that training, because sometimes people don't always understand the full training the first time, and not because they're not capable of understanding it, but the first time they're learning everything new, it's a lot of information. So sometimes they don't realize what they're missing, and by doing that, you both doing the task, and you showing them what they missed and why it matters helps them get deeper into that training. Then they do it, you check behind it. Then they do it, you check behind maybe not every time, but every few times, every week, every month, depending on what it is. And then you get to the point where you're like, you got this, let them do it. And you step back and use that time focusing on something else within your organization. You know, I really love that you touched on the fact that, uh, you know, if you're if you're a founder, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed. Uh, the positive of that is that stuff is getting done. <laughs> As you said, you're meeting the needs of the, um, com- you know, the organization or the people that you're serving. And that is a positive thing. I really like how you how you highlighted on that, because I th- I feel that um, it can be ov- very overwhelming, um, especially if you don't have all of the staff team to be able to, as you say, delegate, you know, so once a founder uh, gets uh, an executive director, CEO, sort of what, what would that um, executive director, CEO need to look for um, in, in developing a staff team if, if there hasn't been one already? Right. Okay, so the first thing is, is look at, because we talked about delegation, you can't do everything. Look at what's not getting done that Mm -hmm. needs to get done. Look at what you're not the best at. That's maybe taking you four hours to complete something where someone else, it would only take them two. And those are things like start realizing what needs to get off your plates and then start focusing on filling those positions. So for example, Uh, I think development is a really, it's obviously a really important role for nonprofits. And a lot of times the, the founder and executive director takes on a big chunk of that development role. Well, there comes a point in time where 
you can't be everywhere you need to be. You can't attend every event. You can't build every relationship with every person who wants to support your organization. You can't make all the calls for in-kind donations and everything that needs to get done. So because you can't do it all, because you're also doing all this other task work for the organization that needs to get done, that is your responsibility. That means there's donations not being made because people weren't being asked. And so a lot of times, sometimes uh, that development is where a lot of people need help. And it could be on the back end, helping to process things. So you go out and you're making those calls and someone's helping you process on the back end. It could be that someone's helping you make those calls, or it could be very different things it, in your organization. But you have to figure out what is going on that is stopping your organization from op, for being at its optimal best right now and hire for those positions first. Mm-hmm. So figure out what it is. It could be that, once again, you are amazing at the development. You are amazing at that high level strategic planning and thinking, but you're not good at doing the tasks that actually need to get done to execute the programs that your organization does. So you're that big picture person, but you need someone who's actually going to dive into the details and execute things. Then that's what you need. So you need to figure out where is the holdup in your organization? What else can be done and focus on then now that I know that I need to fill this position, what will make someone successful in this role? How am I going to measure success? How am I going to say, yes, they're deserving that paycheck? Because that's something we really care about in nonprofits is the money that's going out. So when you build your team, you want to make sure that they are effective and they're achieving what needs to be done because you hire them. So you have clear expectations of what that position is going to do. And then once you have those positions or those expectations developed, you go and find people capable of doing those actions, capable of achieving those expectations and start there. One thing I always say is you might look at that and say, I need five people. Don't go and hire five people at once, like build your team one position at a time, mostly because onboarding takes time. Hiring takes time. And you don't want to overwhelm yourself because a lot of times that we're hiring, it's because we lack time. So do one position at a time. So that way you're not overwhelming yourself. If you have a staff today, you're not overwhelming your staff trying to onboard multiple people at once. So take your time, go through one position at a time to add it to your team, get that person up to being successful or to a point where they're using less of your time and then move on to the next positions as needed. That's great advice to you know, take it one step at a time, one position at a time, as you said. Um, So how would an executive director, CEO be able to um, get their, you know, the position, the job opening um, out there and available for the right candidate, especially someone that's more than just passionate about the mission of the organization? Yes. So Hiring for nonprofits, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to the hiring for for profits. You're going to get your position out there by passing it to your network and posting on job boards, but you're going to want to find the right job boards for your position. So I always like to say hiring is a lot like marketing. You could have the best marketing message in the world, but if you don't put it in front of the right audience, it doesn't matter the, how great your marketing message is because the right people aren't reading it. So it's the same with, mm-hmm. with your job posting. But I always want to stress with nonprofits, you typically have a big network of people. You have people that are supporting your organization. So you should always, always share your openings with your volunteer list, 
with your donor list, with anybody else putting it out on social media, letting people know that you're hiring because one, people might be following you who are of a real passion for the organization and they could also have the skill set. So never, never doubt that there could be something out there that has both the passion that's already following you and has the skill set that you need. And you never know who they know. They might know the perfect person that they can refer to your opening. The second thing is for job boards is making sure that you're looking at the right job board. I always say post on Indeed and you can post on LinkedIn because they give you free job postings. They will always try to get that last thing in at the last last screen to say, hey, how much do you want to sponsor or pay per day and stuff for this job? But on both those platforms, you can click to say post without budget. And that's a great way that you can get in front of some candidates and everything that are looking. They're two of the most popular job boards out there. And, and you might as well post your job out there because free is great. I always tell my clients, if you can get your, your can, the right candidate for free, don't spend money on other job boards. But then there are a lot of job boards out there that are niche specific. So there are ones out there that are for nonprofits. And so you might want to look into posting some of those. Mm-hmm. But one of the things you want to think about is the role that you're hiring for. Where are those people really going to look? Because you, let's say you're hiring for that director of development. Chances are a director of development is already working for a nonprofit. They understand the workings of nonprofits. They're probably going to be looking on nonprofit job boards. But if you're hiring for kind of an administrative assistant, that's a role that can go across multiple organizations and multiple industries that it's not nonprofit specific. So people could be looking for an administrative assistant position with a nonprofit and look at nonprofit job boards. Or you might be better with some of the general nonprofit, or excuse me, general job boards that aren't nonprofit specific because someone doesn't have to be strictly nonprofit to fill that role. So you need to think about where these people are going to look, what makes most sense, and post in those specific job boards. There's also, like I said, there's a lot of niche specific job boards. So depending on what type of services your nonprofit offers, you there could be job boards out there specifically for people who have that type of passion and for those specific nonprofits. So for example, I've worked recently with a lot of legal aid organizations and there are job boards out there specifically for legal aid organizations. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. In, I mean, um, in Canada, there's a few, few different ones as well um, that, uh, that I can think of. And then also um, I know with LinkedIn, there's also an option to have your organization as a business not just, you know, on a, on uh, your specific um, post, but, you know, posting on your own wall as an executive director saying you're hiring or, and linking it to, to that, to that um, uh, page yes. on, on your LinkedIn and stuff. So, yes, I will <laughs> say there was uh, one of the nonprofits I was working with. Oh gosh, it's probably about a year and a half ago. Now we were doing uh, we were replacing the founding executive director. She was getting ready to retire and step down. And she just posted out that they were hiring for an executive director role. And she got, we got so many responses simply from that because she was so well connected on LinkedIn. People were following her. They are passionate about her mm. and not just following her because they really just knew her and liked her and had that personal connection. They were following her because they really liked what she was doing with the organization. So there was people that connected her to the organization 
they were wanting to do things similar in their cities and everything like that. So once they realized there's this opportunity to fill her shoes in this company, then this organization she established, we got so many responses from that one LinkedIn post on her personal profile. So yes, like I said, share with your network posts out there. Like you said, there, you could also have a organization page on LinkedIn. I will say when it comes to posting positions, if you haven't been using your business organization page on LinkedIn, just putting a post out there is not good. Probably do anything. So you probably don't have a lot of followers, but you can always connect it to your organization when you create that job post in LinkedIn. So that way they can at least go back, click through it and see that about information of your organization there on LinkedIn. That's a really, really great <laughs> um, tidbit because yeah, if you're not, uh, if you don't have that many followers on your page, then you're not going to get the, the word out there, right? Yeah. Right. So is there anything else that you wanted to share um, about the topics, any of the topics that um, we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, there, there is. There was something that came to mind when it was, we were talking about hiring uh, for the right positions and everything. So with it, one of the things that I really want to stress is, I kind of touched about a little bit, is paying your team members. And there's always this, this struggle with nonprofits, especially early nonprofits of, do I have the budget? Can I afford it? Should money be going here? And I want to just remind you that this work needs to get done. And sometimes paying people to do this work is what's going to help grow your nonprofit to the next level. It's what's going to serve the people that you're trying to serve. Mm-hmm. Volunteers are great, but something's just really can't be done by volunteers because you don't always have the same dedication level. They don't always have that time to give you during the week that you really need for certain positions. So you really need to figure out what is the ROI on paying people for this role and paying people a certain level. So for example, uh, one of the nonprofits that I'm personally connected with, they are hiring someone to help their uh, director of development. And the board had to go and approve, and I have a seat on the board there. So the board was going to approve what this position would be paid. And I loved it that the executive director said, here are our options. And she said, so she presented one. She goes, I'm sure this looks very, it looks great that this could be what we could pay someone. You're probably looking at it that it's this lower salary. It's not going to cost us that much. She goes, but she turned it on them. She goes, what type of person do you think we're going to get for the salary range? How much experience do you think they're going to have? And that made everyone on the board go, oh, they're probably entry level. They probably haven't had a role like this before, and this will be their first time. So it will be taking a risk. And then she presented it then, or we can pay on this range. And because this is a a role directly tied to developments, bringing in revenue and these opportunities, if they are able to do X, Y, Z and bring in X amount of dollars and showing the connection, because this role will be able to help bring in this amount of money that through their projections and through their projections that they have, because they have another person in a development role right now, showing what that uh, ROI will be for that at higher cost and helping them. I thought she did a really great job of showing them this is really where we should pay someone if we want someone with the experience. She goes, or we can pay someone here, take a risk, and it might take two years to really get that ROI that we're looking for as they're getting up to speed. So I just want to say, don't be afraid to bring people on because you're thinking of the cost, think of the ROI it's going to have, even when it comes to the roles in your organization aren't directly tied to revenue. Because so obviously development, you can directly tie it to revenue, but you have to think about 
what is what impact is this position making? Are you able to serve more people? And if that's, I'm sure for most nonprofits, that is your big part of your mission to be able to serve more people and how that is going to, how you're going to be able to communicate that back to your current donors and future donors that because of this role, you were able to then serve double the amount of people or, and stuff like that. So really thinking what is going to happen because of this. They said one of the nonprofits that I'm working with currently, they were able to actually uh, look at everything and finally feel comfortable and justified bringing in an administrative assistant or the executive director because they were able to show getting this stuff off the executive director's plate is going to allow her to focus on this, which is needed to continue growing the organization in the way that it's needed. So yes, there is a cost, but the cost is worth it. And we do the same thing in for-profit businesses as well, but for-profits, just because the fact that they fall into that for-profit versus nonprofit, where a lot of people think volunteer, very lean organizations, every dollar has to go towards the program. You just look at things differently and just remember, Paying your staff is still money going towards those programs. They're people that are helping to get those programs out there. So don't be afraid to spend the money that you have on people that are going to grow your organization and help support your mission. Yes, that is, a, oh gosh, that's an amazing point because that, you know, as you, you, I mean, we've just been talking about hiring the right people. And from the example that you gave with that executive director, that's the kind of person that you want to be able to, um, grow the organization and not, not in a way challenge the board, but just give the board options because they're ultimately the one who approves the budget in a not-for-profit specifically. So to be able to prove those reasons why it is important to have certain role in the organization um, and the strength that that executive director had to be able to, you know, get that information together, that's, that's the kind of person you want to hire. Yes. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you so much, um, Jamie, for coming on the podcast today. So if our listeners want to learn a little bit more about you and your organization, um, how can they get in, in touch with you? Yes. So you can go to growingyourteam.com and you can learn more about the organization. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn under growing your team. And I also run the Growing Your Team podcast. So you can find that on all the major podcasting platforms under Growing Your Team with Jamie Van Kike, or you can go to growingyourteam.com slash podcast to get access to all of our episodes. Perfect. And all of that information will be in the show notes. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Trista McIver or at our website to amcnposolutions.com, where I can help uh, your organization with uh, any strategic planning, board governance, bylaw reviews, or anything like that. Uh, related to uh, not-for-profit organizations. And uh, I hope to see you all on the next Strategic Nonprofit Podcast. Thank you.